Welcome to Not Another Fucking Podcast. It's your girl, Coach D, and I want to welcome you to this episode by talking to you about my own journey with healing, all of the things that I have been through, as well as the setbacks that I've faced when it comes to fighting my own demons, because we all have them. And I haven't recorded an episode like this ever, and I'm, I'm hoping that it resonates and I hope it reaches the people that it's supposed to reach. So grab your drink, your water, your coffee, whatever it is that you are sipping on, and let's chat. And as I'm sitting here recording this episode, I am like looking around and, and really thinking and wondering and asking myself, where do I even start? And if this is the exact thing that my clients come to me with on the first session or for the consultation? Where do I even start? There's so many things, right? When we sit and think about all of the things that we've been through, it feels overwhelming. How do we pinpoint them? But I guess I'm just going to start right where I'm at, right here, right now, this 38-year-old woman who has overcome a lot who has made it her mission to reach people, to help people, to heal people, to help people understand that they are fixable and they are not broken. And it started with me. I needed to heal that person inside of me. The person that told herself that her anxiety was never going to go away. Her feeling of worthlessness would never end. That is how I felt when I, when you're looking at me now, you're not looking at who I was, who I was, was a scared human being wounded. I suffered a lot and it makes me sad to even say this out loud because most of my um, teenage years were hard. I had no idea that this was going to go here. I had no expectations when I sat to record this. But as I think about it out loud, and what's causing my tears right now, I'm not going to hide them from you because I'm human too, is that I have a 14-year-old daughter. And that's the part that makes me sad. Because I, I was her age when it started for me. And I don't ever want that for her. It's like I'm watching little Dora walk around in my house. And it's really fucking sad to think that that 14-year-old girl was suffering. And it didn't really end. It didn't end until she was 21. That sucks. That's the part of the healing journey that we don't talk about. We don't talk about that because we feel like people only want to see how we overcame. But the parts that hurt, the inner child healing work that I do and that I did with myself required me to go back there and look at the injury that was caused and the heartbreak that was left behind. Because that person inside of you just doesn't ever go away. It's like she stays stuck in time and she stays wounded or he stays wounded. And 
it was hard thinking back to that time in my life and wondering if the older I got, the worse it was going to get. Like, it's hard to see the light when you're in that tunnel. There is no light. And I remember thinking that. I remember thinking, like, what's the point of living? What's the point of being here? Like, what am I looking forward to? What do I expect? And the deep fear that I lived in constantly from trying to prove my worth, from meeting people quickly at that age, having a boyfriend that I wasn't supposed to have, trying to fall in love at an age I wasn't ready to. But I didn't know that. I didn't know any better. I just wanted to fill a a hole in my heart. And with that came great responsibility. With trying to fill that hole in my heart came great responsibility. I needed to see that falling into something and allowing myself to be vulnerable meant that people were going to lie to me, which they did. They were going to hurt me and threaten me. And that's so distorted. Now that I say that out loud, that's so distorted. Because when we are that age, and and even now, we don't go into relationships thinking we're going to be threatened. We go into relationships with hearts in our eyes and the pitter-patter of the, the heartbeat. We don't go in thinking, I need to run for my life. But that's what it was. That's where I was. I was threatened um, multiple times with my first relationship. And with my second, at the age of 17, it got worse. But that's my truth. I can't go back. I can't take it back. I can't make it go away. I can only speak on why and how I got there. There was a hole in my heart. I felt unworthy. I felt unwanted. I felt ugly. I felt fat. And I wanted someone to make me feel pretty and wanted and needed. And because of that, I was vulnerable to the damage that was caused. And doing the work, doing the work is hard because we have to go back and not so much relive what happened to us, but more acknowledge what happened to us. Because as we grow older, we always think and tell ourselves, time has gone, I'm good, everything is fine, but it's not. It's not because we are still resorting to our survival skills of running away because I needed to run from my abuser. I don't need to run from a hard conversation though. Of hiding because I needed to hide from my abuser. Literally hiding in a mall behind a rack of clothes at 17. I don't need to hide from the person I love now who is a safe person. I don't need to hide from family on Christmas. I don't need to hide from the place where I came from. But sometimes I find myself doing that. And then I have to ask myself, what am I afraid of? What am I afraid will happen? 
Once I get there to that question, that trigger comes up. You're hiding from who you were, the thought of how people see you, and if they are going to judge you. I felt like I was never going to be good enough. The only thing that kept me going was my drive to prove to other people that I was. That is the entire reason why I went to school. I wanted to prove that a little brown girl from a tiny town in Washington State could become something, could be worthy of listening to, of getting her degree, of being intelligent. I wanted to prove my worth, and that's what kept me going. I thought that that alone was going to heal me. I thought that my drive, my ambition, my motivation was going to fix me. I thought that marrying my Prince Charming was going to fix me because everything I had done before didn't work. It hurt me. But now that I had all of the things that the people tell you to get, all of the shiny pennies that society tells you you need, there's happiness. But I didn't realize that I was bringing my old baggage of running and hiding from problems into my present day life. Then, as I became a mother, I was even more afraid. I was afraid of the world. I was afraid of putting my kids in a damaged world. I was afraid of all of the uglies and how I would be exposing these perfect humans to that. And that turned into, or that exaggerated my hypervigilance. A lot of us who've been through trauma are hypervigilant. We tell ourselves the story that we, oh no, we're always watching. We're always making sure that everything is fine around us because, you know, we have to protect. Hypervigilance is a trauma response. Hypervigilance is having the ability to be on alert 24-7. And when my kids were born, it got worse. I was on alert. And even now, when I go to the grocery store, I look around the parking lot. I scan to see if anyone's coming near me because I lived on alert at 17. I was hypervigilant because my boyfriend at the time would stalk me. Stalk, stalk, like literally stalk me. I need to repeat that because it's not an exaggeration. I was stalked outside my work. I was stalked outside my home. I was stalked outside my school, so much so that he didn't even graduate high school because he spent his entire time sitting outside of mine. And that's where my hypervigilance came from. Those are all teeny tiny little things that are not so little that we don't pay attention to. And one of the things that has been the hardest for me to face and the hardest for my clients to face, and I always warn them of this before. If you've worked with me one-on-one, I've warned you of this. It's going to get hard. We're going to cry. It's going to be ugly. You're going to feel afraid. You're going to feel anger. And then you're going to unpack. And then you're going to process. And then you're going to fall in love with yourself. And I will teach you how. And that is what happened to me when I was healing is... You get pissed. Like when I was writing my book last year, 
which is still on hold. Um, I, I go back to it, but then I pick up other things and I also very much am in the flow with God. So I feel like it will come when it comes, but I started to reprocess all of the ways that I had been victimized and it pissed me the fuck off. It pissed me off so much. I remember sitting there and typing and thinking to myself, like, what just happened? I closed the computer. I will never forget. I came out into the kitchen. My husband was there and he looked at me like, what's wrong? Are you okay? He's like, you were just in the room typing. I was quiet in the kitchen because you said you were working. I just looked at him and I said, I have been a victim for so damn long. How did I get here? How did I get here? How was this possible that a person that young had been a victim so many freaking times? That pissed me off. Then I had to go into there and unpack and unprocess because that made me reactive. I was aggressive and called a hard ass by my husband. He called me a hard ass. Every time I perceived any sort of argument or danger or false danger, I would just get reactive and loud and yell and overpower and say, happy wife, happy life. You agree with me. I was pushing him away. I was responding from that trauma from, I'm not going to be beat around anymore. I'm not going to be chased or stalked. I'm not a damn doormat. So in turn, I have to tell you and show you and prove to you. And what I was doing is I was making him my doormat. I felt like in some ways I had turned into my abuser because of that survival that I learned. And this is all very vulnerable. And this is hard to say out loud. But I want you to know that if you have been through something, and you don't heal that, you are going to find yourself repeating that cycle. And the reason is because that's what you know. That And you become so angry with yourself that you tell yourself that it'll never happen again. So you make sure to let everybody around you know that you're not a doormat. But we are turning them into our perfect life-size punching bags. And you don't want that either. So it's my job and my duty to let you know that this might be happening with you and that is something that you are obligated to change. Your wounds, your trauma, the things that you have been through are your obligation. No one else deserves to walk around on eggshells for you. No one deserves to have the unhealed version of you. You don't deserve to have the unhealed version of you. You don't deserve to walk into that room feeling like you don't belong, to sit at that table wondering why you're there, to feel like you don't belong in professional settings because imposter syndrome is a real thing. You don't deserve that. So now that you know, you have an obligation to heal it, to fix yourself. Because once you do, the level of love that you carry, the self-esteem, is going to feel so different. You're going to feel like a different person and unstoppable and the light inside of you becomes lit again. Here's how I started to get curious because you're probably wondering, okay, Dora, 
I hear you. What the hell do you want me to do? Sit down by yourself, open up a journal and take inventory. Write down the things that drain your energy, the energy vampires in your life. Who are they? What are they? Is it your job? Are they your relationships? Is it your friends? Who drains your battery? When you go around someone and you leave their presence and you feel empty or you feel not like you, who does that for you? Get curious. Then dissect it. What about this person gets me here? What is it? Is there a trigger? More than likely there's a really old trigger. And then we keep going down. And we keep going down and then all of a sudden, this is what happens. All of a sudden, you open up Instagram and you see signs. You read quotes. You go out into the public, to the store, wherever, and you meet people that have your situation. And you're like, wait, this is weird. This is weird. Is the algorithm following me around in my life? This is because you've started to become self-aware. Self-awareness is the number one thing that you need to heal. Understanding and seeing how you project, how you respond, and how your responses affect other people. It's hard. It's hard to be like, damn, I messed up. It is. But that's where change comes from. Change doesn't come from blaming other people. Change comes from looking in the mirror. So once you see that, then all of a sudden, magically, the universe, God, whatever you want to call him, starts to show up starts to show you the right teachers, starts to present to you the right people to help you unpack and process. It's up to you if you want to take that help. It's up to you if you want to accept that guidance. My biggest fault was thinking that my degree in counseling and mental health was my end all of healing. And I hope that other therapists and coaches are listening to this because I know you know what I mean. I refused therapy because I'm going to school to learn it. I don't need it. I'm learning it. And if I learn it, I apply it. But when I'm in the fishbowl of my own life, I can't see what I do. I'm also human. When people tell me how I hurt them, it'll sting and I will armor up and my wall gets triggered. It requires someone from the outside who is neutral and non-judgmental to help you unpack and process. They're not going to judge you. You feel like they will, but chances are they've been through something too. And once you start that, you are going to see the other person inside of you that needed that coach or therapist or whoever that needed them to come along because that inner child is inside of you right now in a closet scared and trapped. It's your job to get in there and pull them out. And because of this, I always get creative. I get creative. I try to think of what do you need? I sit here with myself all of the time and think, what do my clients need from me? So I've developed something that I feel like is good for the self-healers in the room, the people who are still kind of not wanting to dive deep in with a one-on-one. And I created the Wholehearted Healing Academy, 
which is an ongoing monthly membership. Right now, it's only available to women. That's it. I know I'm kind of an a-hole, but I need my ladies to be in a safe place. And once I feel like I grab that, then it'll expand eventually. I created the Wholehearted Healing Academy where I come in to this membership. It's a community and I teach once a month a workshop. This week I taught on needs, how to meet them, how to gain independence and how to stop projecting them. Then two weeks later, I come back in and have an ask me anything session where you get to ask me all of your life questions. You get to ask me about the workshop, whatever it is that you want to ask me about. And then I give you journal prompts that you can go off and do on your own. And this is available to any woman out there right now. It's $47 a month. And I am just like Netflix. I am just like Netflix. You can cancel any time that you want. But I just was hoping that maybe this will spark help. Once you see the workshop, once you come to the workshop, you're going to feel less crazy. You're going to see hope. You're going to say, oh my gosh, really? This is what I've been avoiding? It's not that bad. No, it's not that bad. But we avoid it like the damn plague. So, and I still have my one-on-ones. You know that. You know where to find me. And I have a course that's in creation. It's not here yet. I'm hoping to have it launched next month. I have someone I'm working with to get that out to you. But I just really want to show you that you are not alone. You're not alone ever. Not today, not right now, not in your car, not in your earphones as you're listening to this. You're not alone. And I want you to be able to go somewhere at two o'clock in the morning. It's an app. That's the wholehearted healing community is an app. Go in there and watch the videos and journal and ask yourself questions. Don't go on TikTok. Don't go on Googling your symptoms. You're going to tell yourself you're dying. I recently sprained my ankle and I Googled my symptoms and I told myself I had a blood, cl- a blood clot. But know that you're not alone and get some professional advice at least through that workshop. And let's start the journey. You deserve to feel good. You deserve to unpack. And you deserve to know that you're a human and you deserve forgiveness and closure and love because you're beautiful and you're a unicorn and we need you in your gift. You have a gift. You're just stuck and you're hiding and you're not reaching your dreams or your gift because you're dealing with feelings of unworthiness of I'm not enough. And what are they going to say about me? Because you know why I know that? Because that was me. That was me. But our world needs your magical gift. You need to get the hell up, heal yourself so you can show us what you're made of. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of not another fucking podcast i am officially drained after recording that holy moly i hope that it touched your heart i hope that it reaches the right people i always say that to myself when i come on live when i go on tiktok i just know that the universe is always going to connect me to the people i am supposed to connect with so hopefully that was you and if not share it with someone who needs it please If you can do me a huge favor, I'm only at 19 reviews, you guys. Please, please, please go and review this podcast. 
Give your honest review if it's helped you. If it's not helped you, just give your review. It helps me to grow and it helps me to get exposure so that way other people can hear the message and not feel like they're alone. I would so appreciate if you did that for me. But I just want to leave you with have a beautiful weekend. You're amazing. And I'll see you again next week, okay? Okay.